The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently, you shouldn't vote. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you, I I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this. I hate the work of those who fall away. My mouth I'll make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On the instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in your works. are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the vote rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and uh, you'll see that there are two videos at the top of the screen there. The one on the left is Bradley's show from the previous day, and you can catch that up until 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, right there at sonsoflibertymedia.com, and then he'll be live in that little area at 3 p.m. Eastern. On the right side of the page is where we're at, and yes, we are live right now, but we're pre-recording the show, and um, so this will look a little different when you go over there, but uh, you can click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got, and then uh, look for the Rumble icon in the bottom right. You can catch us on Rumble and chat there, 
Uh, we got a few people who pop in there as well as some other platforms uh, such as beforeitsnews.com, top of the page over there, dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. And uh, then we've got a number of Facebook pages that bear my name, as well as uh, Twitter at the Real Tim Brow 2. Leave off the N off end of my name and then put a two in its place. And then also on twitch.tv at Real Tim Brown. You can find it over there. And I think that's all the places we got out. I'd, if I can get some more in there, I'll put them somewhere else. <laughs> we, we got a couple of slots that we can use up. Uh, so you can catch us all on those platforms. By the way, while you're over at sonsoflibertymedia.com, right up under where we're streaming live, there's a place where you can sign up for our email newsletter. You get one of these a day. They go up between 7 and 8 in the evening. And um, then if you want our ministry email, go to sonsoflibertyradio.com. You can sign up right off the front page, and you get those once a week on Saturdays. It tells you what we're doing in the ministry, uh, some exclusive, exclusive content there. And finally, if you agree with our message and you'd like to support us uh, on the Internet and the radio and out among the people, uh, teaching our Christian constitutional heritage, click on the donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com and make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty, and we appreciate you guys very much doing that. Now, this morning, we've got one of our favorite guests to come on, uh, and we usually hold her over for like half the day or something like that when she comes on, but it's it's so much fun because there's, I feel like we're being educated about things. So with that said, uh, it's my privilege to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, Dr. Lee Merrick. Good morning, Dr. Lee. Good to see you. Hey, good morning. Thanks for thanks for doing this a little later. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, no, yeah, no problem, early. no problem at all. Now we're going to be talking about something here. Um, to 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 be honest, some well, I let me throw that that phrase out because I learned a long time ago not to do it. I was brought up to say that, and and I had a friend who lovingly told me. He goes, "Have you not been honest with me the whole time?" And he <laughs> did it to. I stayed with him, his family for a week. He did it to me for about two days. I was so embarrassed that I caught myself every time I was saying it. So this is just a reaction to that. But, uh, you know, we had back during the Convid stuff going on, uh, we had Suzanne Hamner. Now, she is a, she's a nurse out of Georgia. She contributes to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. You may have read some of her stuff. I don't know. But Suzanne made mention, she goes, Tim, they're using all these, um, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of that we're going to talk about today? It starts with the P. Parasites. Parasites. Thank you very much. <laughs> she said, they're using all this anti-parasite kind of medication. She goes, is this thing a parasite? And this was even before we got into the discussion of whether there was a virus or not. Uh, this was an issue on that. And sure enough, I pitched it to Dr. Kaufman. He goes, that's interesting. He says, that would make a lot of sense. You've come up with something now that you're, you're on to about parasites, but the link is to cancer, which we're seeing is growing exponentially due to the people taking these shots. You want to elaborate a little bit on that? Sure. And I'll just tell you, it, again, um, it's, it's science isn't fixed. What you thought last week, you may not think next week, depending on what you learn. And science isn't a vote. So keep in mind, this isn't a mainstream opinion because our mainstream medicine has lost, has run off the rails, essentially. But they're not thinking outside the box. So here's here's what I'm what I noticed, much like what she said, you, you remember George Carlin, who uh, the seven words you couldn't say on TV, and yep. now nobody cares. You can yep. say all those words, and nobody really cares. Um, but now uh, there's six words you can't say on TV, and those words are chloroquine, hydroxychloroquine, nitazoxanide, fenbendazole, ivermectin, and chlorine dioxide. In fact, they'll put you in jail for mentioning that word. Ooh, chlorine right. dioxide. Yep. Now, 
why? So first of all, one of the ways I think many of us have figured out that you source truth in all this is see what they're over the top outraged about. You know, um, anybody that kind of wonders about Trump, the one thing I will say is, hey, they hate him. They hate Putin. There's a reason for this. Okay, they're going after things that the deep state is trying to protect. Now, I think it's the same thing with this problem. Why are they so incensed about parasite medication? That was the first thing that got my attention. Um, besides the fact that it was working, it was working to help people uh, early on. The second, the second fact was that once this this so-called vaccine, and I use that term very loosely, you realize. Um, the second, the second point is the minute that they we started doing that, and people started. Um, taking the vaccine in the military. I was paying attention to the military primarily. Um, I had people telling me that were in the military, doctors in the military, they weren't just seeing people come in with one cancer. I mean, these are young, healthy guys, right? They don't normally get cancer, but when they do, it's usually just a simple one time, like you'd see a testicular cancer. I was in the Navy for 10 years. We'd see people that come in and they'd have a lump in their testicle and you know, it was a testicular cancer, send them off to the urologist, done deal, okay? And you might find several others because they'd, they'd tell their friends in the, BO, in the BEQ or whatever, and they'd all do self-exams, and then they'd find some because that's just an age-related thing. However, now what's happening, they took this darn vaccine, they're coming in, and they're riddled with what they call metastases. Now, how, what? How, how does this work? What did that do, okay? The third thing that got me... Well, let me just finish that thought. So what I think is going on, what makes sense there is that this vaccine does something, and, and we have some technical points about this that we've known, that, that when you take the vaccine, you, you have these cells called granulocytes, part of your immune system, that now are expressing a different antigen than they did before. And this antigen is associated with cancer. So we know that. Um, but why these young guys are getting it and what does that say about what cancer is? Well, what's common about these guys? They've been in the military snooping and pooping through the brush, you know, uh, going to Afghanistan and Iraq and places eating the native food and water, and they're probably riddled with parasites. A lot of them are farm kids that grew up with animals. We used to treat people on the farm with for parasites routinely. We don't do that so much now. So they're, they've got parasites, but they're young, healthy guys. They've got, and guys, I use that in the New England term of guys and girls, um, the, they've got a good immune system. So they generally have kept these in check. Well, what's happening is, though, they take the vaccine and it's knocking down that part of your immune system that allows parasites to, to be captive. You know, you're, it's kind of like, I think of it like the Roman sentries. You know, the Roman sentries would guard the periphery of the empire until the empire got too big. And at some point, they couldn't keep the Visigoths and Goths out because there were just too many of them and there weren't, weren't enough sentries. And that's kind of what's happening with parasites and, and this vaccine. Now, there's other bits of evidence. So, for example, years ago, I met uh, at the beginning of this whole COVID thing, I met a Baptist uh, pastor who. Um, you know, was in great shape, but developed a uh, a, thyro a cancer in his throat. And by the time he was going to MD Anderson, it was going to take him six weeks to get down there to see somebody. His wife had figured out on the internet that he could get 
this stuff that there was a whole kind of underground movement for cancer using fenbendazole, which we which is for animals who buy you get it for Panicure C. It's what you warm horses with, what you warm your dogs and cats with, and things like that. So he started taking that, and he always thought over the years that I've known him, he's always thought that fenbendazole had a dual use, that it treated cancer and it treated parasites. And finally, I came to him not too long ago and I said, I got to explain what's really going on here. It's not that that, that it has a dual use. It's that cancer is parasites. That's why it made it better. And he said, you know, I was getting a lot better before I even went to MD Anderson. So uh, I think, I think this is, so it's, the whole thing has gotten me. It's like, it's like a very interesting, weird world where God puts little stepping stones in your path just when it works out for you to learn them. And and it all kind of fit together. Now, the final blow here is I had lunch a few, well, it was a, at the uh, Worldview Weekend Brandon House's thing down in the Ozarks. And Karen Kingston and I had had lunch. And this is when she was starting to talk about these, uh, what she had discovered looking at patents. Now, I'm giving her credit because, quite frankly, my eyes would glaze over looking at patents, but that's what she does. She's one of these. She used to be, for Pfizer, she used to be one of these uh, compliance people that had to help get drugs on the market, and she look at all the paperwork. Well, um, one of the things that she noticed, which I, we, most of us had read these papers, but we didn't pick up on what it was actually saying. Ralph Barrick, who is from North Carolina, Chapel Hill, who was one of the uh, real early researchers into so-called bat coronavirus as weaponizing. You know, that's what gain of function is. When you, Gain of function is just a nice term that we throw around when we don't want to say he's a bioweaponeer. He was doing gain of function research. But what the idea is, you take something out of animals, or like, like bat uh, genetics, and you make it into something that will make other people sick, make people sick. That's bioweaponization. Uh, they call it gain of function. Well, it turns out that, yeah, he did all that. And we kind of thought he was responsible in some way for this. But then as it's come out that probably this isn't a real virus and it's not really what we think it is, she found later articles that talked about from him saying, yeah, we tried all this gain of function stuff. It just didn't really work very well. So it isn't what they, we thought it was early on. And what she did find is, and all this is circumstantial because, you know, the, the the psychopaths running this show have never told us what's in the vaccine. We've only found it out in dribs and drabs through independent labs. But it goes along with what Karen found out, and that is that they've been doing research into artificial, genetically engineered, smart hydrogel. And hydrogel can be made into a parasitic-like thing, apparently. Okay? And hydrogel, smart hydrogel is hydrogel that and this gets a little technical, but it's important. People people have gotten enough biology behind them now. They've been paying attention, your your videos or viewers, I'm sure, that they get enough of the science, that they understand. And the, the point is, is that proteins work because of their three-dimensional shape, their conformation. We call it their conformation. So if you denature a protein, like you cook an egg, it turns white because it changes its shape. The proteins in the egg change their shape and they're no longer functional like they were when they were normal, okay? Well, they can make this hydrogel so that it acts like, uh, you know, a parasite and it can change its shape based on external stimuli. So what they did was, and they, this is what she found they, found, they found they could take this hydrogel and they could make it into a, a triangle, I think it's a triangle shape. It's one of them's triangle, one of them's diamond shape. And in one of its confirmations, it does nothing. 
But in the other conformation, it hooks into our ACE2 pathway. Now, this is the pathway that we claim the bat coronavirus attacked, okay, and made us sick because coronavirus generally doesn't make people sick. It just gets into your nose because it can't get any to deep tissues. But your ACE2 pathway, it's, an, it's, a, it's just a little thing in the membranes of your cells. Your body uses it for blood pressure control and things. And these, what we thought was this so-called virus that now I don't think exists, but it hooked into your ACE2 pathway and made you sick. What if it's an artificial parasite that they made to hook into your ACE2 pathway? And here's the beauty of that, okay? The beauty is there's two things that confirm this. One is that independent labs don't see any genetic material in these vaccines. What they see is they see hydrogel, reduced graphene oxide, and metal fragments, nanoparticulate metal, metal pieces, okay? So that, that goes along with it. The other thing is this hydrogel, which, by the way, hydrogel is just a chemical thing that we use in, like, contact lenses. You notice I don't wear them anymore, but they, they um, it just is a like a polymer that absorbs water and could swell up and to do different things to make different shapes. But what if you could make it so that this could be activated to hook into your ACE2 pathway? Now, this fits everything we saw clinically. People, people, you know, let's suppose they smear this hydrogel around Wuhan, China. Okay, people have a chance to get into it and uh, they get it on their hands and get it in their mouth. They've absorbed some of this stuff, but it's not making them sick because it's a diamond shape. And then they turn on 5G and they hit and they then they broadcast a wavelength that converts this to the triangle shape. And now it hooks into your ACE2 pathway, makes you sick. In favor of this is is like in my state of Iowa, you could see the um the pathway of this going across Interstate 80. It's it was programmed. It didn't go everywhere like an airborne virus, like we think of as what we used to think of as airborne viruses, which I now don't think exist and cause disease at all. But but what they used to, you know, we used to think this stuff went everywhere, but it didn't. You know, they said it was highly deadly. It was highly contagious. But what really happened is it started in Wuhan, China. They didn't shut down their transportation, yet it didn't go everywhere in China. It stayed in Wuhan. Now, what's special about Wuhan? They turned on the 5G in Wuhan. That was their test city. And I've got the ads for it, how they were going to have this big rollout on November 1st. When did the first victim start showing up? October 19th. They were turning it on slowly to kind of get it started. So this goes on with the, so the point being, if this is true, what they've developed is an artificial parasite that they get into your body and they can turn on when they want to. Okay. Now, this also explains why they really were exercised about uh, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, all these things, because if this stuff can be stopped with th those drugs, because we don't really know how those drugs completely work, even for parasites. Um, if that's, it tends to be something, something general that it helps you be protected from in lots of different ways. So it, it, again, we don't have all the story here, but they do. They're, they're dark occultists. They, they hide knowledge from us. But they knew that if people started taking the hydroxychloroquine and the stuff, I think, for parasites, it would help protect them the next time they turned on the 5G to the right frequency and made us all sick again. You see, this stuff is probably out in our environment now. And we know, as I can just tell you this, having studied bioweapons and the bioweaponeers from our, our country, is that we have a history of tactile poisons. We, we know how to do some of this. We, we worked on this for years. Contact poisons where you, you, you get them by touch, you, you know, and you get them in you and it kills you somehow. 
maybe in a delayed fashion. So I'm thinking that's what this is all about. Now, how does how do we miss the cancer connection? That's the last thing to say here. How do we miss the cancer connection? Well, because again, it's kind of like I, I, I'm making an example, but think about 9-11, how, many, how so many people said, it couldn't have been us, we saw the planes. But what did you really see? You saw what they showed you over and over sure. and over again, which could yep. be CGI. We have the same problem looking at biology. We've been told for our whole life there are viruses, this is how we get sick, we get sick from other people. But what if none of that is true? And what if cancer has nothing to do, you know, Otto Warburg said cancer is a metabolic problem. It's not a DNA problem. And what if the metabolic problem is you actually have parasites in your cells screwing up, sucking off your energy? Well, really, yeah, that, and that, energy. that makes a lot of sense. Let me ask you, is that in conflict with some of the stuff that uh, Dr. Griffin had put out in his book, World Without Cancer? Because we had him on and he talked about his view of, of cancer. What he was seeing was, you know, usually it happens in an area where you've been injured um, that, and he says, it's, it's kind of like the healing process out of control and it has to be well, brought back in. But I don't think it's in conflict. I think that multiple things can add up together. Okay. Let's just make it, let's just put another step in there that when you get injured, your, your cells are not able to fight off parasites. Now, what, what, one of the things we know about parasites is when you're the way parasites, people need to understand the way parasites work. Parasites are everywhere. We all have them. We've always all had them, assuming that they weren't introduced into humanity artificially at some point. But let's say in our lifetime, we've all had them. And generally, your body maneuvers around them very well. So, so you get, let's say, a, um, and they're different types of parasites. They're not all mackerel. They're not, they're not necessarily visible worms. My you know, friends that are general surgeons, I've asked them, do you see worms in people's gut? And they, normally they don't open up the small bowel, but when they do, they don't normally see these things because they're tiny, tiny, tiny. They're microscopic in most cases. But the mother parasite lays between 20 and 200,000 eggs a day. And these things tend to pass out your gut, but sometimes they get inside. If you have some kind of leaky gut, Okay, this is where diet and lots of things make a difference. If you have little pores in your gut that allow these things to get through, they can get into your bloodstream. But again, your bloodstream has walls and, and parasites are a little bit big to get through those walls, except in certain circumstances and injury would be one of them. Once they can get through the, 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 the cellular junctions and they get into the tissue, they can start propagating. They can also, they get inside, what they first do apparently, the microscopic ones, is they get inside your blood cells. And this is where the German researchers had discovered that the relationship to cancer. And on, I have a, I have a rumble uh, video, it's called Parasites, A New Paradigm. And if you, and it's just trying to me putting it all together, you know, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not the smartest person on the block and I didn't come up with all these, I didn't do the basic research. This is other people's basic research and me just trying to think it out and put it all together. But it's on Rumble and the way you find it is you go to videos and you search my name, Lee Merritt, MD, and you'll get to the Medical Rebel, pot, my, my, all my podcast videos and stuff. So not podcast, but my videos. So anyway, um, and it tells you not only what this is all about, but how to treat yourself. And then I have a very uh, more recent one called the Holiday Herxheimer. And that's if you treat yourself wrong and make yourself sick, which I did. Got, I'll tell you about that <laughs> later. But anyway, uh, um, so the, 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 these, par but these German scientists, and I have a little video in that embedded in my video 
of these German scientists. And you can go and find that and look at it in its entirety. It's about a half an hour video. I just show you a couple minutes of it. But it shows your cells when they first get infected with these parasites and then, then further when they start destroying the cells and getting out in your bloodstream. So again, I think that what uh, G. Edwards saying and what, what we thought, it all fits together. It damages your mitochondria by physical contact. It also damages because these parasites are sucking your energy off. So you're getting less energy to you as a person, you know, for your growth and development. And it's also uh, the, the, the damage, for example, of uh, trauma. It can, it, can, it can magnify this. So there's lots, and that's why, when do you, you know, let's, we, all, we all talk about genetics of cancer, like the BRCA gene for breast cancer, but why do 10-year-old girls not get it? Okay, they have the gene. Because it's when you get later in your life and your immune system goes down and you've gotten enough parasites in your body. Now, what these guys show on this video is they show the early stages where these things just are in the cell. And I will tell you, having done live biopsies of cancer, I mean, fresh, fresh biopsies in the OR to make sure we got a sample. These guys have been in the pathology lab. They've been looking at fresh cancer smears forever and they've not. They've called the motion that they see. If they see something moving around on the slide, they call it the idiot. Something is like the idiopathic motion of cancer or something. It's like they talk themselves out of thinking it could be a parasite because they're not thinking about that. They were taught in medical school and residency. When you see that, uh, cancer cells sometimes move. That's just their weird thing. Yeah. So, so let me let me ask this question. Uh, and that's a good answer. I mean, it makes sense that all that kind of fits together and how it works. Yeah. When when uh, Mr. Griffin would talk about vitamin B17 and I forget the, this, I was looking to say there was a name that there was used for it. I wanted to say it started with a P, but it was all, it was, it's what is B17 in all these berries and fruits and seeds and all this kind of stuff. I wonder if it would be safe to guess that what we're seeing in those seeds and such are anti-parasitical. Right. I would suspect that nature had, and, and it'd be God's little protection, right? Yeah. To give us. Yeah. He told know, us certain things to eat and ter- certain things to stay away right. from clean and unclean right. foods, didn't he? Yeah. Right. Right. And so um, the point is that when you, uh, without doctors and without anti-parasitic meds, that was probably the natural, <laughs> the natural treatment, but it wasn't because uh, we, it, it, we kind of, and that's the same thing. Why do why do radiation people get cancer? Okay, occasionally. Why do you get skin cancer? Well, skin cancer doesn't happen to everybody. It happens to people that had a really bad burn before the age of ten. The kind of melanoma, the kind of deep cancer. Um, again, I think if we really start looking at this, we're going to find the parasite connection in all of this stuff. We just haven't been going down that road because people didn't want to uh, understand it. Now, one of the great things to come out of the internet is that doctors. And, and scientists have been able to share information they weren't able to share before because they couldn't get published. You know, that's the point is that the medical publication has kept this, you know, when you have $11,000 a treatment dose of cancer medication, you don't want people to know about ivermectin. But if you go to the, the, the web and you just search ivermectin and cancer, you'll come up with all these PubMed articles because everybody's checking it. So... Um, and I'm going to tell you what Brian Artis, the other little tip of information, I, Brian Artis commented, got me thinking about this when he told me that he's, he, he said that when he was talking to a, he has a, a, a lab where you can get parasite tests. Now, I don't do parasite tests routinely because I think everybody's got them. Just treat yourself, right? 
it, there's a time for testing if you're not getting somewhere. If you really have to know exactly what you got, because you, you can be infected with multiple different things, infested. So, but anyway, he was talking to this 40-year Egyptian parasitologist. And when I was in, in a training, I always thought that would be a cool thing to be because Egyptian parasitologists, they're like on the top of the heap. They, they have so many parasites, I guess, in Egypt, and they're familiar with it because the Nile River has all these parasites. So they know how to deal with this, and they're very smart about this. And he was telling, Brian Artis was telling him, you know, when I look at parasite egg sacs under the microscope, because he's really interested in this stuff, he said, when I look at it under the microscope, it looks identical to the pictures of cancer, like bowel cancer or breast cancer. Interesting. And he, and he said, this, this is what he, Brian said, he said, this guy's eyes got big, and he said, he says, uh, you know, in 40 years of doing that, I have never had an oncologist, a cancer doctor, make that association. But in parasite circles, we talk about it all the time. Wow. Let, let me translate that. What that means is parasitologists believe that parasites are the cause of cancer, or at least some cancers. They've got it figured out. There's a connection. But if they say that out loud, they won't get funded. If they, they won't ever get published. And that's why the Internet has allowed these German researchers at a, at a fairly prestigious, I mean, this is not out nowhere. They're, they're at a prestigious university institute kind of place to make this video to get out because they probably couldn't get published either. This is our problem with medical education these days is they're, they're, this whole idea of, oh, you have to have a peer-reviewed paper. Yeah, the peer review is just to make sure you stay in line. So what's happening is this stuff is starting to come out. I heard a doctor, another thing that caused me to go along this route was I saw a doctor uh, that was not one of these guys. Another doctor showed a picture of blood and said, they started noticing that everyone, 100% of their cancer patients, had, had parasites in their fresh blood. Now, interesting, when I was a medical student, University of Rochester, New York, 1976, we were taught, you should look at everybody, all your patients, to be a good doctor, you need to look at their fresh blood smear and their fresh urine. By 1985, they quit teaching students that. Now, so they missed what did, it. What did they teach yeah. them to do after that? Send it to the lab. And the lab just does it, does a, you know, does a, a, a frozen and smear or I mean, a, a fixed you, smear or they or they or they put it in their machine or something. Nobody looks at the fresh, fresh blood smear. But now they're starting. So to do let it me again. ask. Let me ask you something about that. Do you think the reason they started doing that was to compartmentalize all of this stuff? Absolutely. So people don't. And put it's it not together. just that. Uh, let me tell you the other thing I discovered. Mm -hmm. Now, everybody in your audience probably knows the name Royal Rife. Okay, he developed, he, he was able to look at live bacteria and he developed mortal oscillatory resonance, meaning he could kill certain types of like tuberculosis, um, staphylococcus, whatever it was. On, he, he figured out the resonant frequency to kill them. And he could, he could kill cancer. He could kill uh, uh, bacterial infections and tuberculosis and things using by bombarding people with a wavelength. Okay. Now, how did he see this stuff? How, did he, how was he able to do that? He developed microscopes that had 15,500 magnification. And that magnification was made possible because of quartz optics throughout the scope. He could see ultraviolet wavelengths. He could see in different wavelengths. Then you can see today's microscope, and I, and I talked to Carrie Mate to make sure because she's gotten a later, she's bought, recently bought a, a high-powered microscope. About the best you can buy on the market is about 2,500 magnification. So why aren't we doing technology that was he figured out in 1920? Really? That's, what he got, that's how he got interested in this. He was interested in optics and parasites in Germany. That's how he studied. 
parasites and optics. So this has been suspected by people. It's been, I think it's been a complete, they steer medical education. They own medical education. They own medical publishing. They know. And, and I'll just tell you my creepy worldview too about this. The people we're dealing with have this old Babylonian religion that thinks that if you don't kill somebody directly, you're not morally culpable. Now, wouldn't it be great to say, well, I did, we didn't kill them with this vaccine. <laughs> it was their parasites that killed them. I know it sounds bizarre, but it's probably part of the whole picture. Mm. Parasites are a great, great way to secretly kill us over a number of years to diminish population. These people are eugenicists, they're population uh, control freaks, and they've been doing this for a century probably. And this is the, how they've been doing it. I think this is why they've been doing it. What, and, they've been, and they've been convincing you there are these little uh, animalcules that float out your nose that, that sure. are called viruses that don't really exist. But that's a better explanation. So you're not looking in the right direction. Yeah. Now, you are, are good friends with uh, Corey Hillis. And we had Corey yeah. on, the other, on, on Monday. And, you know, Corey was one who he's got a solution. He's got a real solution. I, I told people, I said, uh, you know, I, I'm not trying to sell his product. I, I just think the guy's found out something great. Yeah. Yep, I've got him too. And <laughs> and he and, and we use them. But, you know, Corey was like, look, I, I'm not going to go down the road of saying, you know, somebody's doing this on purpose. What He says they know it's there because they've got a warning label on there and they're not yeah. doing anything about it. Um, he says whether they're doing it for the sake of I'm not going to worry about it because we don't want to get our pantsuit off or whatever the case is. His is, I got a solution for it, and I want to get the solution out there, which I commend right. him for. Is Would you say, in your world, you're, I think you did say, at least there's some people who do have that mindset. I get it. There, there are some people who have that. And they're not just in these industries, the medical ones. They're in the food oh, industry. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. And let me, yeah. Yes. And, and I'm going to tell you that this is, we're in a war. I mean, come on. We are, we are being attacked at all levels. The, we, we have documentation like um, the war without it's war without limits. Uh, it's a big long name, but in Chi it's something like unrestricted, we call it unrestricted warfare in English. But in Chinese, it's a big long name like war without limits in the age of globalism or something. We have the we have the military doctrine on this high, how to do multidimensional warfare. We are in it, and if we don't, you know, this is the problem, and this is why we're in it, and we're in the disinformation war. It's specifically to guide us away from thinking this is purposeful. Remember, you know, first they told us this was not a lab-made thing. No, this is just natural. That stalled people, okay? It's all about a stall game and, and, and looking at the other direction. So they stalled that. Now that they've had to admit it's lab-made, now it's a lab leak. No, 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 it's not purposeful. It was a lab leak. Well, come on, guys. I can show you where, we, where this thing was, you know, made. I mean, this is not... This is, there's no lab leak here. And, and we have to start accepting that we tend to project our goodness onto other people, but the world isn't what we thought it was. Mm, and I'm, right. I'm surprised, I am surprised at the number of Christians who believe in the actual and specific divinity of Christ, but they don't believe the devil's real. They don't believe there are satanic well, forces in the street trying to kill your children. And it's, it's not and even they that. <laughs> they don't even believe there is depraved as God says they are, you know, the, the Bible well, indicates, what I mean. yeah. And the Bible indicates to us that we are broken at our core. We are fallen. We are sinful at our core and total depravity does not mean that you or I are currently as evil and wicked as we could be. Should God let us just go in our sin as he talks about in Romans one. But it, it, what it gets at is at the root, all of us have this, 
corruption within us. And it is by God's grace that he with, he holds us back from being as wicked as we could be. Uh, I think this is the thing that you start to see when you look at uh, Genesis right before the flood. The, the, the thoughts and intents of the hearts of men were wicked continuously. And there was mm -hmm. violence throughout the world and this, that, and the other. And as long as I've been alive, there's been violence throughout the world. But I've also known there's been peace here in my part of the world. Uh, there's been a lot of that. But that's quickly seems to be going out the door as well. Right. And the, and the peace that we thought was here was actually being undermined silently. You know, quiet weapons for silent wars. They've been working on taking us. There's, there's, a, there's a war against the human, humanity. And it's been happening for a long, long time. And, I, and I'm going to tell you that this has to be purposeful. I'll just go on record to say it. I think it's, and I think it, they're subverting it today as long as they can get away with it. And once we wake up and realize this is the, how evil this really is and what it's really all about and that we've paid our tax dollars into our government to, to hire bioweaponeers to create this stuff, then we're going to wake up and really fight. Because right now we still think, you know, it's, it's easier. How do they hide information? That's really what you have to look at. How do they hide information? Well, they hide information. One of the big ways is to get you not to look at it. And the two ways they get you not to look at it is to one, make fun of you, call you a conspiracy theorist, so that because we are herd animals, we are, we are, we like to be in the pack with our friends and we don't want to be the outlier. Oh, that person's crazy. Look at what they believe. I don't you know, think either, that, I don't think either you or me I don't, have a problem with that. No, no, I don't, I don't think we, you two, you and I have gotten over that. I mean, sure. I, I got over that years ago, yeah. in junior high. Right. Uh, I didn't need to be one of the popular kids, but anyway. The uh, the um, but but the other way they get you not to look at things is to make it so emotionally traumatizing to you that you don't look there. OK, what if you are a doctor and you suddenly are being bombarded with information that this so-called vaccine program is causing miscarriages, stillbirth, multiple deaths, neurologic damage, cancer and all these things. And not only did you did you give it to your patients. You gave it to your family. You gave it to yourself. What do you think you're going to do? I mean, in other words, I think the problem here is, is that it's, it's, it's again, we can maybe get people out of this if they repent. They have to realize that there is a way out of this, at least possible. And, and you can't, but if you think, if, you, if this is so emotionally, if the answer is so emotionally damaging to you, you don't look. You can't accept it. You don't want to talk about it as a possibility. And you just keep going along this route. See, that's what they're doing to us. And that's yeah. why I'm speaking out about this parasites, because what if there's a simple remedy here? You know, they're trying to make it. And I think that's part of the problem of, of trying to convince us of all this highly technical genetic stuff. It makes it sound, if, if you, again, this is to the scientific community, to the doctors, if you believe that you've taken this and now you realize, well, shoot, I've changed my DNA. There's nothing I can do. Well, that's a fatalistic outlook. But if I you agree. realize that you took something that actually just temporarily shut down your immune system long enough, your parasites could kill you, there is something you can that's do. That's right. Yeah, and, and this that's is why it's important. Yeah, this is what I was talking about with a friend of mine um, when we talked about this kind of stuff. Uh, you know, his idea was we're going to try to save save some people, and we're going to get on the ship and go out here in the ocean and all this and join us. And it's like I, I can't go along with that 
the reason I can't go along with that is the Bible doesn't call me to go do that. It, it calls me right. to confront the stuff right where right. it's going on. Now, I don't have the expertise you do. Uh, that's a that's something that God's given to you. Praise God, He's given people, you know, like you who will even despite their training and everything else, they'll look at it and say, well, wait a minute, something isn't right here and we're not solving the problem. There's got to be right. something else. And you put your heads together with other people who are willing to look at it like that too. And then we can actually get some information that helps people rather than leaves them in the dark and they just have to trust the, uh, the, the priests in the white lab coats to, uh, to tell them you know, whether or not they're going to live a year or not uh, instead of taking, taking the bull by its horns, so to speak, and, and dealing with this. Right. And so priests and in the white lab coats to what we're in a medical death cult. We are victims. We have been captured by a medical death cult. I used to be a member of the medical death it's cult. It's become a prison for our mind in some ways. Right. And and let's look at the symbols. By their symbols you'll know them, you know. Look at the symbol. When I was in medical school again, I started in nineteen seventy six. And in those days, they still taught that the real symbol of medicine was the staff of Asclepius. Asclepius, interestingly, was the the son of a god, Apollo, and a human, Coronus. Don't you love it? So wow, he was a demigod of the of the mother Coronus. <laughs> and there are all these medical institutions all over the world named Coronus. It's very this has been going on. This is not by accident. You know, this is all, that's why I know it's not by accident because Richard Rothschild, this is true. I, re, I looked at this myself. He actually did have patents on coronavirus testing packages in 2015. So come on now. It, you know, we didn't even know we were going to call it COVID until 2020, co according to the, the, the pundits. But this is a death cult and these guys are running the show. And if you look at the symbol of Asclepius that we used to use, it was a symbol staff, like a like a, a walking stick with a single snake wrapped around it. Now, you know, the reptilian thing with the snake, I mean, that's you can you can make of that what you will. I'm not they, they used to say that was because people thought in ancient Greece that when you died the soul was carried away by snakes. But whatever that reason is, I can't explain that. But that's not what it is now. What you really need to look at it, what the what the what it is now. And what you look at now is the caduceus. And I remember that when I was in the military, we didn't have a caduceus on our uniform. That was Army and Air Force and maybe Coast Guard. I don't know. But, but the caduceus was an interesting thing because now it's the single staff, but it's got these two wings on it. You know, it's got two serpents, and it's got these two wings on it on either side. And what are those wings? Those wings are the wings of the cockatrix bird. And the cockatrix bird was a bird that could kill you by spitting on you, by glancing at you. The, the Shakespeare called it the darting eye of the cockatrix. This is a death bird, and it's part reptile, part bird, apparently. It's like a flying reptile. And it's a death bird. Why on earth would you make that the symbol of modern medicine? Okay? They're laughing at us. And they know it. They, the, the, this is the problem. When, when you say this is when people want to deny, I mean, that's the last phase of real acceptance of what's going on to us is to realize this is purposeful. We're at war. We need to fight. We're not going out into the ocean and just hiding ourselves. That isn't what George Washington did. You know, it's time to fight for our nation and for our families and our children and our next generation. That's right. It's, you know, this is a, this is a, a, a humanity ending event potentially they're not and and what goes along with that is not just what i'm saying about biology but they are geoengineering the world not to be humanly habitable 
don't make un- misunderstand what's happening here. So we have to fight. This is our time. Yeah, and, and they're, what's interesting is they're hiding behind the lies and deception that they're out to actually protect the planet, oh, yes. the, the earth, <laughs> and all of this. And <laughs> I, I, that's, that's the thing that gets me. You know, the, when Jesus addressed the, uh, the Pharisees of the day, He's, they said, we're of our, we're of our father, Abraham. You're, you're a bastard child. You, you come from fornication. That's what they said to him. And he said, Abraham's not your father, or you would be doing the works of Abraham and you wouldn't be looking to kill me. He said, your daddy's the devil. And he comes to kill, steal and destroy. That's, well, that's how it's, that's who it's tied to. So we, we've seen that, that he's been a liar and a murderer from the beginning, right? So why would he and his children, why would he change, which he's not, he's not going to repent. And why would his children be any different uh, th- th- to put on their smile and to tell us that they're doing this for everybody's good and this, that, and the other, while they're sitting back doing the very things they don't want us doing, enjoying, well, they're, they're slaves of corruption. Uh, you can right. read Second uh, Peter 2 over that. They promise people liberty, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. So it's no, it, I'm not surprised at, at this, no. but I'll tell you what, the word of God's pretty clear on a lot of these things, if we would just obey God in that, um, and how we're taking care of our bodies and things and what we're doing, I, I think we would eliminate a lot of this stuff. And I'm not saying that people don't get sick. The Apostle Paul left uh, a guy in a place sick, and we know Paul had the had the ability to heal a lot of people. Right. And yet there were some sick people. So, And we know they're in the church. So I'm not saying that just because somebody right. doesn't obey God, they're sick. I'm not saying that, but I think overall, as a people, we would see a drastic improvement if we would do exactly what you said before, not just repent about the science and stuff like that, but repent towards God and acknowledging he knows best, knows better for us what we need than we do ourselves. Well, and I think that one of my observations is, and I, you know, again, I don't pretend to be a biblical scholar. This is just my observation, is that if you need, to, if you want to control people, it's hard to control rugged individualists. It is really a lot easier if you have a hierarchy, right? And so when you're looking at the how to source truth, one of the things to look at is, is it coming from a hierarchy? You know, God gave us free will, which means we have to think for ourselves. We have to be individuals. But, but Satan wants everybody to be under his control. He's the great liar. And, and how do you do that? You've got hierarchies. And I would opine that the, at the top of every hierarchy, you'll find him. You'll find evil. And that's why um, even I'm just, and I, and, and I think they're, they're, you know, when we fight this war, we have to understand that there are people that look to be the truth tellers that aren't the truth tellers. That's right. Yep. They're, they're infiltrators. Okay. And so at the, at the very top of this pyramid are evil people. I use that term somewhat loosely, but they're evil uh, beings that are running this. Okay. This is a, this is a, 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 higher principalities, right? It's a spiritual war. There are evil beings running this thing. And then you come down and then you have people that are, are, they know it's evil. They know what's going on. They've completely sold into them that these are the people that want to be immortal because they know when they die, they're screwed. <laughs> you know, um, I'm sorry. That's why the, the big Silicon Valley guys I can are see that. working on immortality, right? Yep. Underneath them are people who just quite, maybe you don't get the whole spiritual picture here, but they've sold out for money. And then you get a lot of people that simply are just clueless about the big picture. They may know that there's some things wrong, but they're not willing to fight it because they don't really get the whole whole thing. But it, it needs hierarchies. Now, let me tell you one big lie that's going on right now. 
that's an important thing that all your listeners need to understand. First of all, don't give your children or yourself any vaccines. I'm just going to go on record saying that because I don't trust these people to sell me toothpaste. You shouldn't be taking anything. I don't but trust the have, toothpaste people to sell me toothpaste. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, that's all the same people, and they've been trying to kill us for a long time. I went back and looked, by the way, at, at deaths of soccer players over time. It didn't start with this, although this year is dramatic. It really started in 2000 when they all were these first generation of people that taking all these vaccines and they took the flu vaccine. I, there's something going on that when military too, around 2000, the cardiac deaths started going up from young people and we're not paying attention to that. But what I'm saying is we had 20 governors, mine included, uh, you know, DeSantis, mine is Kim Reynolds in Iowa. They patted themselves on the back and said, we've written a letter to Biden to stop the mandates. And now they're stopping the military mandates. We wrote a letter that we're not going to mandate our children to take the COVID vaccine in our states. Aren't we good people? Okay, let's look at what's out there now. All the flu shots are combo shots. They're combo COVID vaccine and flu vaccine with multivalent. I mean, they've got multiple. And nobody's telling anybody any of that, are they? That's right. You see, now, where are these people? And I'm going to name one like Robert Malone, who's out there saying how bad this is, but isn't doing what you need to be saying. He has a pulpit. People listen to him. Why isn't he saying this? Why? Because he works for the Unity Project, because he's a deep, dark, you know, guy at DARPA. He's been in this. He's been working for DARPA. And this is provable. I mean, I know he sues everybody now, but this is provable. He works. He worked for DARPA. He worked for um, the. You know, he got money. He ran through the Cooperative Threat Reduction Agency, things like that. He's been in. The, he's an insider, and he's still an insider. And all I'm saying is, if he really wanted to help people, why isn't he telling people that they're doing? They're putting this in a combo. Don't trust them. Don't just stop the mandates. On this vaccine, you got to stop all these vaccines if you're going to protect your children. And you've got that to, is such you got to start a huge bringing some, point. You got to start bringing some justice here. I mean, it's not enough to stop it. You got the guys doing it, and they're doing it well, without, you know, informed consent. I mean, this—that's right. This was the whole point. Wasn't this a part of all the stuff that our forefathers fought the Nazis over? It is exactly. This, isn't this where this we drew Nazi those laws from for the Nuremberg Code? And yet we're and, just saying. Doesn't, and it's and, the same people. It's the same people. Yep, you're exactly right. It's the same people. Exactly Quite frankly, right. we, 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 in the Nuremberg, the real truth of Nuremberg is we hung the red shirts. We hung the administrators. We let the technocrats come into America and become our pharmaceutical companies. Okay, that's the real truth here. So we are not uh, out of the problem of 1943. It's the same problem. Yep. And, and, and we by are the way, people for the same reasons. Yeah, by the way, uh, Bradley used to get a lot of people uh, really onto him because he kept going back to the Nazis. He kept going back to the 1940s, 30s and 40s. And he said, I'm on this. He said, I know the Lord. This has been going on for several years now. He said, I'm on this. I know it's the Lord doing it. And I'm giving you these because I get people going, why are you keep going back to this? Why do you? And I, I don't think Bradley's the only one. I think a lot of people see that. They see that that movement towards that. Uh, I remember watching the little documentary on Dietrich Bonhoeffer that was narrated by, of all people, Ed Asner. Uh, That's but, uh, funny. Yeah. So, <laughs> but when you, I remember seeing that back when Bill Clinton was president. So that's in the what? Uh, mid, early, mid 90s. I remember seeing that documentary and I thought, that looks mm. just like America. 
It was all yeah. this 30s and 40s stuff. Two cars in a garage, you had chicken in the pot, and you know, nice little house that you got. And just everything about Nazi Germany at that time smelled of the America in the 90s that I knew. Was it? It didn't seem evil, didn't seem wicked, but boy, it was brewing up right up under the surface, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, the, and it, you know, if you look at Ukraine, let me just make a little segue here to Ukraine, because if you want to think about the Nazis, okay, why, why, are, why are we really funding the Ukrainian army against the Russians, and why are the Russians there, and what's all going on? And when people, I mean, I had a minister at our Republican meeting give a prayer to the Ukrainian uh, government, and what? oh my God, I know, I just wanted, I was sick. But they're just ignorant of the history. And so just to point this out, in, we didn't have a CIA until after World War II. And the CIA was brought to bear by basically uh, the Dulles brothers and General Galen, the Galen Org. General Galen, Reinhard Galen, ran the spy network in the Soviet Union. And he was one of two generals not tried at Nuremberg in absentia. The other was Kamler of the Kamler Stab that was doing all this weird research in anti-gravity. So we don't know what happened to him. But Galen said to the CIA, said to the OSS guys, the, the Dulles guys that were doing spy work during World War II, he said, you're going to form this Central Intelligence Agency. I will give you my network. I don't get tried at Nuremberg, and I get to be part of it. And he wow. was, okay? So he became the chief of intelligence in West Germany, I believe, and, and, and other stuff. But anyway, he was, and so after World War II, where did a lot of the Nazis and the Nazis and this, the CIA and the CIA go? It went to Western Ukraine, okay? It set up shop in Ukraine. Yep. And if you look at the Azov Battalion, I, I noticed this because I'd never, I didn't know what the Wolfsongel was. I had seen this stuff on, I saw this symbol. This is before I saw that they actually used the Nazi symbol too, but the swastika. But they, they had the, you saw this U the Ukrainian flag with this, this weird symbol. It looks kind of like a Z, a horizontal Z with a line through it. That's called the Wolfsongel. Where did we see it before? Oh, in the, in the, uh, yep. the, the, the Panzer Division, Das Reich, mm -hmm. in the various different divisions of the Wehrmacht. The Volsangel. It was a, well, it was a we, German Wehrmacht symbol. So these guys yeah. moved into there, and they are the ones that have been fighting. They've been murdering the Russians in the Donbass. They've been threatening the the, so, the Russians, and that's what the NATO expansion into the, into getting closer to Russia is. Russia is a Christian nation. The same people that are coming after us with the Bolsheviks that took down the Tsar. It's that's why they hate Russia. It's got resources, and it's. Under Putin, by the way, 30,000 Christian Orthodox churches stood up. That's mm. why they hate these guys. That's the war. So don't fight with the, you know, the guy in the T-shirt is a puppet for them, for the CIA people in the Ukraine. So yeah. I'll go on, on. It was the Nazis that moved into the hang Ukraine. On, hang on with me just for a second. We'll, we'll continue over just a little bit. SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Catch probably at 3. We'll see you in the morning, bright and early. Lord willing, 6 o'clock. See you. Right, Dr. Merritt. Now, you got into Sorry. a lot of stuff here. And I mean, we. Sorry, we, but. <laughs> no, we went down a completely different rabbit hole, but I think it does tie in because the stuff that we're seeing, I, you know, I've, I've, I've said pretty much from the beginning, even though I saw this stuff with China and stuff, I kind of thought this is not coming from China. They're, they, the, the governments are doing this themselves. I just don't believe that this stuff moved that fast, even with our airport yeah. traffic and all the other stuff. 
right. uh, that there that there's something else that was going on there. One of the things that you mentioned was the EMF part of this, and you know that's why that's what makes me wonder too. Not just about what they have in the shots, but we've talked about foods, genetically modified organisms, um, all this processed food that we have. Uh, many people live today in the United States who've never actually eaten real food. Real they've food. never, yeah, they've never had a a steak that came from a cow that they you know grew or their their farmer near them grew, and they've never had that a steak like that. They've never had. Uh, fresh lettuce that came out of the ground that they actually grew. It's always in the store or whatever. And I, I'm just kind of curious how all that stuff plays into this as well. I mean, do we have, when I, when you made mention a minute ago and I said they've compartmentalized, they're compartmentalizing those people. Do you think that's happening in a lot, in a lot of this stuff where there's this hierarchy uh, of a few guys, especially uh, mm -hmm. some of the fascist corporatists that we're, we're seeing, um, we're there together and they've they kind of high five each other. They're making a lot of money and they're doing this, that and the other. And they kind of ivory tower talk each other. But then as you start moving down, they have those ideas start funding all these other things. I think this is where people oh, like absolutely. Soros, Rockefeller and such. They fund all these things because there's no way they're thinking of all this stuff that, that they were putting out. Oh, yeah. No, this is that's what I'm saying. The only reason these things work, evil depends on hierarchy. Evil can't live. It's kind of like. You can't live in, you know, uh, germs don't live in sunlight. Cockroaches don't like the sunlight. And evil doesn't like rugged individualism. That's right. And that's what this is. That's the antidote to this is to break down the hierarchies. But you can't leave a vacuum or a worse hierarchy will come up. That's right. That's the, that's the yep. concern about this whole called Great Reset. Yep. So you can't be centrally controlled. You don't want centrally controlled money. You don't want centrally controlled medicine, which is what allowed this to happen. We said this. Uh, as past president of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, I will go on record and say that we said this starting in 1943. Our motto is all for the patient. And we said government medicine is evil. I've, I've got some somewhere on the line. You could probably find it uh, like government medicine is hazardous to your health. That was one of my speeches I used to give. And it just documented what governments had done in the past to kill people medically when they got control and what it would do in the future. And we were right. This is exactly, I mean, we didn't have all the details of how they were going to do it, but we knew it was going to come about because in Canada, we were told, oh, you are the un, you were thoughtless people that don't care about people because you don't want people to have free health care. And we would say, it's never free. It's going to cost you. And it's going to cost you in your life because government medicine only cares about their bottom line. They don't see you as an individual. They don't take an oath to Hippocrates. They don't take an oath to the patient. They take an oath to their bottom financial line. And they like euthanasia more than they like you. And people thought we were just crazy right-wing conspiracy people. Well, look at what's happened. 30% of people going into hospitals in Canada now are being offered euthanasia. You got a little, in fact, here's a tragic story. Oh, they want to, they want to let the kids do it now without yes, parental without, consent. That's right. You can get, you, oh, by the way, if I operate on somebody, under the age of 18 without parental consent, I can be tried for battery, right? That's just as whacked as it can be, isn't it? But, There's no yes, consistency. But you can get your you can get your birth control, you can get your gender changed, and now you can kill yourself using the government medical system under the age of 18 without parental consent. Oh, and you can get COVID vaccination. It's so absolutely crazy. They've taken over our, through 
an organization, a hierarchy of medicine. And the only way we get our lives back is to stop begging government for your health care. You can't do that. You have yep. to assume uh, your own health care needs. And this is how we do it. We get outside the system. We, we go to uh, practitioners that work for cash, that don't have to pay. You know, your insurance company is just a, another arm of the government. So you have to understand, if you want to be treated like a cash customer, you have to be a cash customer, and it will save money. You know, um, I can tell you that it, if I, when I was practicing orthopedics, and this is years ago, it cost $60 in probably just in the overhead of writing up a chart and getting you registered and doing all that before I ever saw you. Now, you know. I could have probably seen you and done the whole thing for $60 had you come in for cash. But no, you can't do that. And the government makes it illegal for people taking insurance and Medicare, specifically Medicare. If you take any government insurance, you cannot treat people for cash, not even charity. You can't even treat them for charity. That's discrimination against Medicare patients. Incredible. Yes. And so that's how they've controlled doctors. And now the doctors, the other way they control them is they made medical education so expensive that now um, they have so much debt to pay that they have to become specialists and they have to work for hospitals. And that's what's happening. And so when they work for hospitals and the hospitals administer, oh, hospitals used to be, by the way, the other thing that made this possible, hospitals used to be run by doctors that did take a Hippocratic oath to patients. And they were paid for by communities. I remember this. My dad was a small town doctor. He would, we'd come. I remember him too. Right. We'd We'd go to the hospital sometimes when I was a little kid. And I'd go with him and I'd sit in the waiting room while he was going in and seeing some patient in the hospital. But it was a, it was a, people in the community funded the hospital. It wasn't funded by government funds. They built the hospital. They owned the hospital. It was run by the local doctors and they controlled it. Okay. And people got good care and they were cared for as human beings, as, as compassionate uh, care of human beings. Now the hospitals are owned and run by the government. 80% of the income when I was still in orthopedic practice a few years ago came from the government. It's probably almost 100% now. One way or another, they fund it. The hospital administrators are all uh, MBAs in hospital administration. They don't care about you, about your personal needs. They care about their bottom line. So when the government says to them, Okay, Mr. Jones, if you're if you don't vaccinate all your staff or at least 95% of your staff, we're not going to give you Medicare reimbursement. <laughs> okay, he's faced with going down or forcing his people to be murdered with a murderous injection. Well, let and me let me ask you something. He does it. Let me ask you something. I'm I'm very curious about this. When you had your own practice, you're saying it was 60 bucks before you even saw anybody to get the charts and all this other stuff ready and everything. Um what was did you did you was your was your business there? Did you take Medicaid, Medicare, or anything like that? In, insurance? Well, yeah, because see, okay. I was a tra- I mean, I'm a spine surgeon by 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 training, and I did trauma call. Okay. So I would be up all night, two, three nights a week, doing trauma call, doing surgery three days a week, uh, complicated spine surgery. If I didn't take those, I couldn't have been where I am. I mean, yeah. I couldn't have been where I was well, the, located. Well, the, I guess the question I have is. Is it more expensive for you to take those things uh, to pay for, you know, what your patients have than it is to not? Because, you know, I, I've shared with people on the well, show when I had yes. the, 
Yeah, when because I, you can't. Yeah. yeah, you can't do it. I mean, again, if you're not a hospital, we're not talking. There's always going to be a need for trauma surgeons, okay? And unfortunately, trauma surgeons often take care of people that are uninsured, middle of the night, and you can't you can't stay in business unless the hospital funds you for that. We got to the point we were so busy taking care of these people that were in bar fights and automobile accidents and you know drug induced mayhem, whatever. Um, you know, speed kind of stuff that we had to take care of them, whether they paid us or not. Well, you think of your business model. I mean, could you, could you function all your life just working for free? No, you have to feed your family too. So that's what gets you into where you have to participate in the system if you're in certain specialties. Well, that's, that's kind of what I wanted to clarify because, you know, you can go in and I've told people on the show about my night in the uh, hospital for they were going to cut my gallbladder out and they didn't do it. Thank God they didn't do it. I was able to solve that problem naturally. And uh, thank Dr. Berg up there in DC for that. I mean, great information from him, but uh, you know, you, I, I went in there, then I start getting all these bills. Cause if you stay the night in a hotel, in a hotel, if a hospital, in a hospital, it'd be uh, cheaper in a hotel. It'd be, it would be a whole lot cheaper. You're exactly <laughs> right. But I mean, you get bills from people. You don't even know who they are. And they yeah. were totaling up to like $20,000 or something for one night in the hospital. I don't have $20,000 mm-hmm. for that. So I called the lady up and I, I'm like, look, um, don't have no insurance. And uh, we're going to pay it you know, out of pocket and stuff. I said, you know, what does it cost me there? Let me figure that out, Mr. Brown. It comes to about $5,000. So wait a minute. There's $15,000 here. What are you guys spending that money on? I mean, is that pure profit or is there other things no. that they have to pay out? What's going on there? What's, what's happening is most of that's going to your insurance company. Mm. So I'll give you a simpler, simpler scenario because it's not as many people. So I had a friend that run, ran an MRI center. And this was down, I lived on, in Yuma, Arizona. We were right on the Mexican border. So some people would go across into Mexico to get an MRI for cash because they didn't have insurance. Now, if they had insurance, they would go to the MRI center that he owned, for example, and their insurance would be charged let's say $1,850 or $2,000 for a shoulder MRI, okay? And of that, most of it got frittered away in producing the paperwork and all that, but it's, it went to the insurance company for doling out the money, and they ended up paying the, the MRI about $400. That, sound, that sounds criminal. Well, that's, that's the way it is. It is criminal. So what's wow. happening is, uh, on the other hand, you can go down to – Mexico, and these guys would go across to Mexico, and they'd get a very competent MRI, a very nice MRI, for four hundred dollars. So there's a. It, it reminds me of years ago, and maybe it's apocryphal, but I don't think so. When Stalin was asked, or Stalin was making the comment one time, "Wouldn't it be great if all nations were communists?" And his economic advisor says, "Oh no, comrade Stalin, you can't do that because we have to have some country that's a free market economy." And he said, why? He said, because we need to know the real costs of goods and services. (laughs) And that's, that was Mexico. So when you can go down and you can buy things for cash, medical care too, um, you know, the cost of goods and services, but we've lost that cost. Now, recently I had a patient that I suggested he needed a a shoulder MRI and we were not, we were, so he used his thinking he needed to get one. He got in, he goes to an insured MRI. Now he had insurance, so I didn't tell him about, we could just get you one for cash. He went and got it and he still paid his insurance company a deductible of almost $2,000. 
And when I when he told me that, Incredible. I said, oh, my gosh, you know, you could have gone up to this place in Omaha and paid $450 and gotten the same MRI. He was so upset. And I don't yeah. blame him. Yeah, I agree. So, you see, this is a big and insurance companies have become a big scam that 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 give you trinkets and make you think you're getting some kind of a good deal when they're making the cost of insurance and cost of medical care go way up. Incredible. You know, I had I had seven employees in my orthopedic office. I really only needed two. The rest of those people, the, I could have had somebody at the front desk and I could have had an x-ray tech, maybe three, a person to put people in rooms and take their blood pressure and things like that. So uh, three. But four of those people were there to document what I did so I could get paid from insurance companies and and government that's medicine. That's absolutely, that's just crazy. That's just great. Nobody right. out here listening though, I'm sure is surprised uh, that no. all this is going on, but boy, I th that sounds like a racket with, uh, because I'll tell you what, if, if you hit, if your car got cracked, if you crashed your car and it wasn't totaled and you took it to the guy and said, Hey, um, fix the stuff here, but also can you, can you fix this stuff here? Cause I kind of dinged it up back here and just kind of put that on there, which would be the same thing as what they're doing. And then just, you know, put that on with the insurance, they would get you for fraud, but somehow they can do the same thing, basically the same thing and all's well for them. Uh, uh, boy, well, and think them. about, that's a good example that you brought up because if you, if, I used to tell people, think what would happen if you expected your car insurance to act like your health insurance. You see, one of the problems here is that people just have gotten out of the habit of paying cash for any medical care. They think they deserve free medical care. This is how we got into this. People wanted free medical care. Well, and they got they, their, their, I, their businesses paid their health care. Yeah, but I and, think, let, let, me, let me interject there a second. I think that they think that because they're paying for an insurance plan. Well, I think some people do. Some, some people don't because they're not paying anything, they're, and I get that. That's right. Or their employees are. Their employer is. Well, but in any case, the, the principle is the same. Let's suppose that, that I had insurance, my car insurance now paid for my oil changes and paid for every little ding that happened to my car. Can you imagine the cost of that That'd auto be insurance? ridiculous, yeah. You know, in, in your house insurance, okay? When my shingle blows off, I used to say this in speeches, I'd say the way house insurance is affordable is that when my plumbing plugs up or, my or a shingle blows off my roof, I go down to the hardware store, I get the stuff needed to fix it, I reach into my own pocket, pay for it, I put the shingle back up. Yep, that's right. right. Yep. Now, if I called my insurance company to do it, can you imagine how much I'd pay every year for my health insurance? That's why insurance used to be the way the way medical. When I I was actually on, um, uh, oh, he was on Fox News for on Fox Network. Um, he was the Libertarian. Anyway, I was on his show one time when Obamacare came out, and it was about. I was asked what what the solution to this all was if you didn't have all this complicated Obamacare. Was I that said, Napolitano? No, it was. Uh, okay. Um, Sorry, oh didn't mean to get you off that. I just wonder if that was Stossel, John Stossel. John Stossel. Okay. Uh, and I said, well, we used to have. I used to, and I just made this up on the spot. I said the three C's of medicine. It kind of caught on for a while. At cash, catastrophic insurance, and charity. Okay, and we ran our, we made the finest medical care in the world using those three principles. You paid all your outpatient care for cash. Okay, and then. When you needed something big, like you broke, actuaries know how many times you break your femur or how many times in your life you're going to have a heart attack or whatever. What they don't know is how many times you're going to need an eye exam or your ear gets plugged up and you need wax out or you have a cold or whatever and you want to go to the doctor. Those are un, 
those are those are unprogrammable expenses. That's the kind of thing you have to pay for yourself. If the if the only paid for the big items, it's called catastrophic insurance, just like your house insurance is catastrophic insurance. You pay your own shingle removal. You 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 do your own plumbing. You don't call your insurance agent for small stuff. That was how we used to have insurance. And then we would go into the hospital costs were low because they were not also doing all sorts of they they weren't it was it was cheaper to to offer the care because they were not having to do everything okay um and outpatient care you paid for and that and then what what people there's always 15% of people that fall through the cracks in any society 15% of of people in british columbia have no health insurance and you say how can that be true you know they're canadians they have free health care no you have to sign up for it and you can't live under a bridge you know, you have to have a fixed address. There are certain things that make some people not get it. So 15% got charity. And that's what charity was about. And charity could be cheap because you could do it. I remember one time in my office in, in Arizona, this Native American broke her arm. And she had a, a fracture that was kind of, an, you know, it didn't need surgery, but it took a lot of work to fix. You had to put it in a hanging arm cast. You had to follow her closely every week for a while and blah, blah, blah. And this nice guy from the Lions Club came in with her thinking that he was going to do his due diligence as a good servant of the people and help this person get medical care because she's Native American and she doesn't have any way to get medical care. Well, she comes in and I'm, I'm called to see him in the front waiting room when he's screaming at us when my office manager is trying to explain to him that we can't do it this way. And what the point was is she's under the Indian Health Care Service. So he it's illegal for us to do her for free. We can't do that. And we can't take his cash for it. Now, just because he was making such a stink in the office, I probably did violate federal law. And I took his, I took his money. He wanted, to, he wanted to pay for this. I took a, a small amount of money and, and, and put on the cast and made but what we said. We told her, you have to go to your Indian Health Service and come back next week and sort this out. We, we'll do it through your Indian Health Service. We can't do it this way anymore. And he thought we were just the rudest people in the world, but that's the system that's gotten to us. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it really is. It's charity to people. Yeah, that's I agree. The problem. I, to, I totally agree. And, and we got a little bit off the topic here to go down that road, but I, I think it is one that needs to be addressed. It really does. So here's what I want to do, Dr. Lee. I didn't get a chance to plug into the, the, the site here before the radio part cut off. So I want you to kind of give a final, maybe a synopsis of what we've done, wrap it up and help people understand uh, a little more of what you've come across here with the parasites, the cancer, sure. then the EMF and the shots and how all those things are all connected together as to the problems you're calling. And then if you would, please tell people where they can find out more about you. Okay. Well, the, 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 what, what we were talking about here recently about the medical care and, and insurance and everything, the point to bring that all out is to show you that they've set up a system which is hierarchical and which is very hard for doctors and patients to get out of. They've made it so it's all inclusive and it's hard to get out of. And that allowed them to control doctors to purposely bring you what we call the COVID pandemic or pandemic. I mean, it's not a pandemic and it's not, it's not an actual naturally occurring disease. So what, what I think it, we're, we're experiencing now is a, is a parasite-based problem, artificial and real parasites. They're using your parasites to kill you, and in these injections are probably a form of artificial parasite. That's the hydrogel. Can't prove that completely because 
again, we need independent labs to give us more data. That's the only way we'll know because these psychopaths are not telling us this. And if um, and then and I have a couple videos. I have one called the Parasite Paradigm. It's on Rumble. It's on my website, which is themedicalrebel.com. You can find me at three words, themedicalrebel.com. And I go through this, and I have a written. Um, there's the EMF link to the EMF saw people that do a great job at mitigating EMF because we're in a multi-phased attack here. They've used our biology against us. They've used artificial parasites, and probably, and I'm no doubt. Uh, electromagnetic frequencies play a role here. We didn't get a chance to talk about the Russian proof of all that, but there is the uh, the Kosnocheyev effect. I have it on my, if you subscribe to my on-site uh, research arm on my website, I have a whole thing about that, about was 1918 a, a, a virus or was it a uh, an EMF attack? And essentially yeah. it was an EMF attack in a, in a weird sort of way. So um, we know about how they can do that. And they can they can present disease with EMF. So this is multifactorial. We can get ourselves out of this, I think. I, I, I honestly don't think God's going to let us go down with this, but we have to be in tune with God, and we have to learn the lessons here that we have to be independent of this hierarchical medical regime. We have to take our own freedoms back at every level, and that's really the point I'm making. But the parasite is key. And, and I tell you, and there's a written thing on there, how to do it. I also have another video called the, Holly, uh, the Holiday Herxheimer, because if when you do parasite treatment, just be advised, there's a way to do it, and there's a way not to do it. And I got traveling with my husband. We waited too long. We, we lengthened our cycles too long. And it makes you sick because if you lengthen your cycle too long, you get too many dead parasites in your body and you get this reaction. Don't do that. You can watch that to learn how not to do this because uh, you don't have to be sick to do this. You can do it right. So that's really this whole story. Okay. All right. Dr. Merritt, thank you as always for coming on. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Hang on. I'll say goodbye to you off air real quickly. Um, you know, what you're saying coming out of that system, you know, we hear from Revelation 18, 4. Uh, I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins and that ye receive not of her plagues. We know Paul said that in Corinthians. He talked about coming out and uh, being separate, uh, says the Lord, and not touching the unclean thing. We also know that the Bible tells us that the Lord is our healer, Exodus 15, 26. He not only heals our bodies, he heals our wounds, he heals our diseases. Um, he, I, even Jesus, we're, 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 I read this before in Isaiah 53, where it talks about by his stripes, where it uses that kind of phraseology, we're healed. Uh, we've been made, we went from death into life and that through the Lord Jesus Christ. So thank you for pointing out all those things. Thank you for the information, uh, Dr. Merritt. Catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And then we'll be back with you in the morning, Lord willing, 6 a.m., bright and early. Talk to you then. See you.